Live from Fort Bragg's backyard, this is the show that puts the 110 Nation on the map. There is only one nation, the 110 Nation. And you're listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show. Covering each and every sport across the board. There is no sport too large or too little. It's time to talk to talk. Here we go. Here's the man, the founder, and your host, Mr. CJ Sports. the 110 Nation at 110 Nation. Um, check us out on Facebook, my personal fan page, Mr. CJ Sports, the 110 Nation fan page, the 110 Nation Sports. Also, check out our website, www.the110nationsports.com for all the latest going on here at the 110 Nation. I want to make sure that I thank Fit for Light, or I'm sorry, uh, well, technically, we, we're still we're still kind of uh, partners with them as well. Um, uh, as I still have a membership for the change-off. I'm just not in North Carolina anymore, so uh, um, so we don't talk about them anymore. Nothing not, not to do with them. I mean, they're still technically our partner. Um, but uh, Carolina Sports Plus um, and uh, more to music. Um, make sure you guys check them out. You can go to our site, www.the110nationsports.com. Um, on the front page, go to the bottom, or on the articles, go to the right-hand side, click the banner, or you can uh, find Carolina Sports Plus on Facebook, or you can go to more t- uh, the number 2 musiccom um, Carolina Sports Plus, take care of all your sport- sporting merchandising need. Um, if you need a DJ for any reason, wedding, uh, party, birthday, whatever the occasion may be, um, hit them up and uh, let them know the 110 Nation sent you. Uh, we got Izzo joining us at 8.30. Get you guys caught up on all the latest going on in the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals, as uh, we are down, and actually they have started the uh, the funding round. Um, so uh, Izzo's going to be talking about that, of course. Um, we had week two of the NFL, and uh, interesting week. I was hoping for a better week, but interesting week. Uh, did go 11-4, and kind of happy with that. A win tonight will make me my 75% for the week. Uh, as everybody knows, my my goal is to be 75% or better. So uh, one is just the number I'd like to go with. And two, uh, the odds are if I'm 75% win percentage for the year or better, that means I've probably won some football pools, and that means that I've gotten a little uh, – Made a little something-something this year, so it's always a good thing. So that's why 75% is always my goal. Um, but 11-4 so far. Wait for tonight's game and uh, find out where I go from there. Uh, did get to watch. I got to watch two great things. I got to watch my Browns win, and I got to watch the Red Zone. I missed week one. We were at Kings Island, so I didn't get to watch it. And I, I didn't think about recording it, um, but I got to watch the Red Zone. Um, for those that have not listened to the show, I'm a big fan of the Red Zone. Um, unless it's my Browns, I'm not one to really sit and watch any particular team play. Unless it's Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, where you really ain't got a choice. I get my fulfillment of watching just one or another team play. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, bouncing around from game to game, getting all the highlights and, and seeing all the scores and um, see these close, intense games that we got to see this weekend. Uh, you know, all the things that have gone and have changed in 2020. The one thing that does not change is Matt, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Man, they can't hold on to a 20 point lead for nothing, can they? <laughs> oh, I was kind of shocked knowing that they were up by, what, 15 points with four or five minutes left in the game. Who, who gives up that type of lead? <laughs> Oh, 
Don't know. <laughs> Don't know about those Falcons. Cowboys, I, I was kind of surprised. Uh, those two fourth-down punts they went for it didn't work. And, what, the three fumbles in the first three drives? It was, it was really rough for the Cowboys, and yet they they managed to find a way to uh, pull off the W with the one point win. So uh, kind of been, kind of impressed with it, um, and kind of got to shake my head to the fact that uh, Atlanta Falcons looked again. But uh, I got I got a chance to uh, first. Um, Watch, watch my Browns play. Um, didn't get to catch the first game. Still kind of upset next week. Supposed to go to the Washington at Cleveland game. I've not been to the new Cleveland Stadium. And so, well, it's really not new at this point. It's new to me because uh, I ain't lived in Ohio since 96. So, um, I got to go the last season when they played Jacksonville lost. But uh, I've not been to the, the – the newer stadium anyway. And uh, this was my opportunity. And we got to play Washington, a team that I feel we were real confident we were going to win. And uh, so I, this is uh, the first game of the season. And really, and uh, I mean, seeing the end result, the Baltimore-Cleveland game, I'm kind of glad to sit down and watch week one. Um, there really wasn't any highlights for the, uh, um, the, the Cleveland Browns. But, Cleveland wins 35 to 30. It really was more of a 35 to 23. That that last touchdown was kind of a give me touchdown. Cleveland kind of let Cincinnati. They they didn't play the strongest. I felt a defense just kind of letting time run out, and, and ultimately that's what you know they scored, and kind of that was the end of that. Um, but a more more. I want. I'm, well, I kind of want to jump more into the next day. You know, I, I don't get to watch a lot of or listen to a lot of sports talk radio. Um, I, I, I have it set for my DVR to record um, first things first, and and between work, getting up at three something in the morning and going to work, and then hitting the gym, and then. Um, practices and dinner and everything else in the show, there, there's usually not a lot of time to, you know, watch or listen to really much of anything. Um, and I can't do, I'm, I'm not one of those that can listen to sports talk radio or read a book or all this other stuff people do while they work out and do cardio. Like I, I got to have music. I got to I got to have something to, to kind of give me this beat and everything else. And but it came across a suggested thing for me to watch. And so I got sucked into watching the nine minute clip of Colin Cowherd talking about, uh, talking about what we've really seen Thursday night. And, you know, this, this is kind of the reason, especially now that while this COVID and everything's going on, there's really not a lot going on. People are not paying attention to the NBA. And they'll be kind of quiet because we're waiting for the playoffs. And so your focus is week two of the NFL, NHL, Stanley Cup finals, and and NASCAR. And that's kind of really it. Yeah, but there's still not a lot. So there's not a lot of big stories out there. Um, not as much as the normal season and everything else. Uh, the focus has been COVID and everything else. And so – a lot of a lot of these topics and a lot of these things that these these shows talk about is just kind of more for ratings. You know, the, nobody's really turned much on because there's not a lot to really highlight talk talk about wise. At least not until the NFL came. You know, got got going. Now there's a lot to talk about. But a lot of these shows, especially when everything was at a halt, it, it was more of saying ignorant stuff, kind of more for ratings. Like I, I know there's no way you believe what you're saying. So this is this has got to be your guys's way of getting ratings. Um, I, I like to say that I, I believe that about uh, Stephen A. Smith, but he just says a lot of stupid things. So that that kind of goes out the window with that. But most of the rest of the other shows, a lot of the, I, I'm like I know you really don't believe that. Like I, I know you're 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 there's not a lot of topics. So you're trying to put your spin on this to to grab what we call on the website business clickbait. You, you, you're saying these things just to draw people in to, is he really believe that? Is this, this really, is this really what's coming out of his mouth? Is this vomit really, truly how he feels and what he thinks? 
I, I got to see where where he's going with this. How how's he's going to how is he going to loop this around to make any kind of sense to anybody? And, and so there was a lot of that going on, and I didn't partake, and that's why we were off the air for so long. Um, they're they're. The guys did the show on Thursday night because they had the eye racing. They actually had topics going on and things going on, and as crazy as it is, but there was. You got drivers losing sponsors, um, people losing rides, and everything else with eye racing going on. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I, I there was nothing going on, and I refused to sit there and try to fulfill an hour of dead space spinning stuff to – just to get people to tune in and it really circle back to nothing. And so I got away from a lot of listening to talk shows anyway and different sports shows. And, you know, even with First Things First, which is probably my my favorite show out of all the shows I listen to, really I, I DVR that to kind of try to figure out what the topics, the 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 what I missed, what's breaking, the, the, the topics uh, of – the sports world, and then kind of get thoughts, opinions, and different clips, and, I, and then I start researching stuff. And so I, I have, you know, some of the stuff that's going on today in part of the show. Not so much because I want to hear what they say. It is As much as I, I like listening to the show, one, I, I don't know the details of why Chris Carter and, and that show went their separate ways, but one, that to me, that kind of hurt the show. Um Chris Carter, especially his football knowledge, was a great uh, asset um, to to listen to and kind of help break down things and make sense of a lot of things. Um, but mainly, I, I go for the topics and just get different. I a lot of things I you know instead of binging it off people and, and you know having somebody that well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I get an opportunity on a lot of topics that are going on. Cause usually I know the big topics of the day and it kind of also gives me an opportunity to kind of get their opinions with, without asking them what's your opinion and, and see if, you know, I'm, I'm way out the left field with stuff for, okay, that, you know, that's what I thought. Um, or, or gives me a prime example, something to talk about tonight because I, I listened to Colin Cowher talk about this, this this Thursday night game and, and you know I I didn't even watch the second half of the game before I watched this video and, and this clip of um, the herd and then I had to go back and watch the rest of the game to to piece this together to see if it made sense and, and Calhoun goes on to talk about how Mayfield is the the, the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North. Um. I, I give him at this point. I, I still feel that Lamar Jackson is overrated, but I, I would say that Roethlisberger or Lamar Jackson, because Big Ben's had some good games and the Steelers are, you know, and I, I think he's lost a little bit of something. But you go one, two either way. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into the analytical, well, who should be one, who should be two, but I, I give you that. But three is Baker Mayfield. Four is Burroughs. You, you can't just – it's like all of a sudden you're, you, it was all about Tua, and, and then, well, you know, now that he's number one, okay, okay, well, let's go with Burroughs. And you, you can't sit there and say that Burroughs is his better quarterback and then go into your reasons why and, and explain and break down what you think we should have seen versus what we actually saw. And, and – and, and, Calher goes on and he talks about the fact that Burrow threw for 315 yards, I think it was 315, 325, what it was, and three touchdowns and no interceptions. Like he just had this phenomenal game. And Baker Mayfield, he threw an interception. He only threw for 200 some odd yards. And they they put up 30 points. Okay, let's 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 talk about this for a second. Let's let's make sense of what we really saw versus what Cowherd wanted you to think we saw. So he didn't throw an interception. Understand that Mayfield Mayfield threw an interception. But let's let's also not exclude the fact that Burrow fumbled the football and gave Cleveland the ball first and goal on the one yard line which was much more of a hit 
to the Bengals than Mayfield's interception that I don't even think it was, they were in field goal range at that, still at that point. They might have been in field goal range. So we're, we're going we're gonna to make Burroughs look like this better quarterback because he didn't throw an interception, but never mind the fact that he fumbled the football and gave Cleveland the ball at the one-yard line first and go. So I, I – okay, I saw what I saw. Obviously, we – maybe we were watching – maybe I, maybe you're watching a Photoshop game and, and you know, someone put a Burroughs jersey uh, – Bengals jersey on Burroughs for his LSU um, performance. I, 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 I give you that one, okay? Maybe you just miss, misspoke. Oh, Burrow was expected to throw 61 times, and he 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 completed 37 of 61. That, that was phenomenal. Versus Mayfield, which I, I believe Mayfield might have finished with the higher actually completion percentage, but here nor there, he had 24 incomplete passes. You're you're fixated on. He completed 37 of 60, okay? But you missed 24 passes. And most of those were just bad throws. I, I can see how we see things differently. I, I, I can see that you point out that Mayfield only had the ball, had to throw the ball, I think, 20-something times in a win. I understand that you're going to point out that Burroughs threw it 61 times in the second game ever, which the last drive he threw for like 16 times as Cleveland was letting you just kind of go down the field and burn up time. That's when, that's when he got on that whole, well, they, they were five for five and four down. Yeah, well, three or so of those fourth downs out of the five were during that last drive that took the night of Florida on. But Cleveland wasn't really sweating with like a two-touchdown lead. It was a, a, a two-score only 12 points. So... Okay. What what? I'm still confused on what I was supposed to be seeing because I know what I saw. I saw 24 incomplete passes. Well, Burrow played from behind the entire game. You know, it's hard for a rookie quarterback in week two to to, to be playing from behind. You do realize that Cincinnati scored first, right? Like. I understand it quickly went downhill from there, but if he would have scored on the next position, they would have went back up. And then they would have scored on the next position, then they would have went back up. I understand that you came out the gate scoring and then Cleveland scored twice and then you were playing catch up from that point, but you can't sit there and say that Burrow played from behind when Cincinnati actually scored first. And he had his opportunity to go back down the field and score again. He just incomplete passes start racking up. That fumble at the, the one-yard line, giving Cleveland the ball first and goal at the one-yard line, adds up. But you, you're right. Tell me. Tell me what we saw. Because what the rest of the NFL fan base that watched that game seen, and obviously what you saw, Colin, was two totally different games. That 30 points, well, we gave it was really you scored 23. I know the score says 30. Many other times you would downplay the garbage touchdowns, the garbage baskets. Uh, that was just garbage, blah, blah, blah. But because you want to spend something for ratings to talk about Burrow to make him, because you have this ongoing thing with Baker Mayfield. And, and see, that's why I, I'm glad I don't have an attachment or these things with players, because you, you have this whole thing against Baker Mayfield. Like, you, you take your shot, like, every time you can. And and instead of just, hey, great game, the passes were, were phenomenal, the velocity, the confidence, everything else, you want – to try to twist it, well, he only threw for 20-something times. Okay, he got the win. doesn't matter. We talked about the same thing about Jimmy Jimmy G last year in the 49ers. He hardly had to throw the ball. It didn't matter. They won. They went all the way to the Super Bowl. 
Well, he he he. They Burrow played for Cincinnati scored first. He had his opportunity to to take Cincinnati back up on the next possession. Didn't happen. Baker Mayfield threw an interception. Okay, it didn't cost him the same price that it cost Cincinnati when Burrow fumbled the football at the one yard line. Like, I I just don't get. This this obsession to try to twist things and, and his his hatred his dislike I'm not going to use the word hatred his dislike for Mayfield because you can't say in in game two by by week two of the NFL especially watching Burrow fumble the ball at the one yard line have 24 incomplete passes and fell behind after having the lead blowing the lead. How are you going to rank him as the third best quarterback in the AFC North? Like, how's that? How's that even possible? Yeah, I understand Mayfield had a crappy game week one. Okay, we got it. But you can't proclaim somebody who, if you break it down, wasn't that great of a game. Call Cincinnati a win. Can't proclaim him to be the third best quarterback. That just makes no sense to me. I'm trying to pull up this. I got sidetracked. What I was doing. And I don't know if it's on. Let me pull it up. I can't find. Of course, any other time I'm scrolling through, looking at something, or just scrolling through, I, I, I see posts and, and articles and everything else from different sites and everything else, like a gazillion times. And I accidentally hit the backspace on my phone, and I try to pull it back up. And I have been yet, I have yet been able to find. Um, <laughs> Even the even their page where I could pull this up, and it's really kind of aggravating. And I don't understand why. Let's go. I don't know if I follow their page or just get pages. It's not on here. It's really see all pages. See, it's really aggravating. And, and see, it would have been great if it let me pull it up because it would prove my point about having these grudges and stuff about athletes and stuff because um, as everybody knows, I, I, I don't get the hype when it comes to Haley Deegan. Um, race car driver, female race car driver coming up in, through the NASCAR ranks. And, and everybody talks about how she's so much better than Danica was, that Danica was just there because of sponsors. Um, and, and they feel it's so much better than Natalie Decker, who all the reasons she's because mommy and daddy have money and all this other stuff. I, I, I But I don't see it because when we watch Natalie finish in the top five at Daytona in the truck series race, Everybody's like, wow, it's just a big track or whatever. But then when Haley Deegan does the same thing, at the, does something at the same track, it was Haley Deegan either led or finished top whatever, I, I forget, uh, at Daytona. And, and then Natalie the next week turned around and finished top five in the truck. It was all fun and dandy for Haley Deegan. It, it didn't matter the track, but Natalie Decker did the same track, and then people were – quick to criticize um, uh, Natalie Decker. And so I've never never understood. I've never been back until she shows me something. I, I, she's just another driver. And so I, I, I've not been a big fan of Haley Deegan's. But she was recording on audio talking about this COVID-19 and, and it being a hoax and 
um, nothing more than the flu or whatever. And she she's getting backlash for this. And it's crazy to me because you have all these other athletes that are allowed, allowed to have their opinions on whatever topic they want to have their opinion on, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, and, and they're applauded, appraised, and everything else. But you have a female driver that has an opinion about this COVID-19, and I, I don't know if I'm going to use the word hoax. Uh, I believe it's nothing more than the flu, maybe a, the flu on steroids. But, you know, you, you have these same people that will use the CDC website and get their information from the CDC. And, oh, there's been 190,000 that have died since COVID-19 or 200,000. They're quick to pull that number and use that number. And, and you know, that's where that's, that's the number. That's the CDC's reported. That, that's a fact. That but, but then they're quick to leave out the fact that the CDC is also – came out and said that only 6% of that 1%, so that 6% of that 190,000 or 200,000 actually died from just COVID. So actually only 11 or 12,000 or 10 to 12,000, something like that, has actually died from just COVID this entire time. But they'll they'll leave that out and they'll word it in the way where, but 190,000 to 200,000 or whatever the number is, has died since COVID. Well, okay, it don't matter how many people have died since COVID has been out. That's not what they actually died of. Only 10 to 12,000 have actually just died from COVID, which you, and at this point of the year, you can pretty much die. The odds of dying from anything else in the world is greater than dying from just COVID at this point. You're, you're going to tell me the millions of cases and only ten to 12,000 has actually just died from COVID. But you literally can die from – I think the odds of lightning strike and dying is probably higher at this point than dying from just COVID. Well, they, they had COVID and they had – yes, the odds are they died from whatever they had before that. COVID just made it harder for their the, – the, help shut their body down or whatever the case may be. So that, that's who it affects. And so why we're still doing all this and watching football and seeing every player not wear a mask and then the coaches mandatory to wear masks is beyond. If nothing else makes you realize how ridiculous this all is, watch an NFL game. And if nothing against the NFL, they're following the policies they have to follow by whatever person is in control and has the power and is on this power trip going on right now and the agenda until the election then once the election happens, we all know what's going to happen. No more masks, no more COVID. You know, they, it, either you're successful with it all and making the economy crash and, and everything has gone on and change presidents or you failed at it and we're past election and there's no point to continue drawing this out any farther. That, that's where we're going to be at. But if you want to really good, get a good idea of how stupid all this really is, watch an NFL game. Watch 22 players on the field sitting there, touching each other, sweating on each other, spit flying, blood flying, everything else, no mask. You got the coach standing on the sideline, most of the time even social distancing from everybody, wearing a mask. What sense does that make to anybody? What sense does it make that the referees have to wear masks on the field with the players who are not mandatory to wear a mask? So if you want to really understand what this 6% of the 1% and having to wear a mask, how stupid all this really looks, just watch an NFL game. I don't understand how people pick and choose how this what what is allowed was not allowed we can go not go in the first place but watch an nfl game watch all these players standing around 53 player man roster nobody wearing masks but it is mandatory for the league to have to make like i said i I know this is not the league's doing but the coaches have to wear like what sense does any of this make anyway we got izzo in the studio we got some nhl to uh, get into. We got some Stanley Cup uh, finals to talk about. Uh, we got a game under the belts, and uh, Izzo's going to jump into that and much, much more tonight. Izzo, how are you doing tonight? 
Hey, uh, we're doing pretty good. Like you said, we're in the final dance, and uh, um, we started that a couple of days ago with Dallas taking a, a one to nothing series lead right now. Um, right now on NBCSN, we've got about 12 minutes left to go in the first period. We are in game number two. Uh, like I said, that game's on e- or NBCSN. Excuse me. This game is currently tied at zero apiece. Uh, Tampa Bay is leading in the shot department four to two. Um, like I said, this is uh, just in the first half of the first period, uh, getting ready to come up, uh, creeping up on the midway point right now. Uh, Tampa Bay is right now 0 for 1 on the power play. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into that uh, a little bit later on, The uh, some of the scoring lows that uh, Tampa Bay seems to be running in. Uh, but, you know, we got a lot to cover on uh, t- tonight, Jay, so we can uh, we can jump right into it. Um, I, I know you want to spend a lot of focus on – the 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 game uh, well this this round the the, the final dance um, so we'll, we'll start off with there um, I know I know the other night you chimed in in the group and talked about the game going on and we, we kind of discussed a little bit amongst the group as also the race was going on um, and, and I know I got your thoughts and opinions I, I don't want to reveal so you you discuss that to everybody um, but you, one of the teams. To spend a lot of time in overtime, or playing in overtime. The other time, the other teams got a little rest. Um, so when we when we jumped in the series before game one, I, I discussed who I asked you who you liked and, and for what reason. Um, talk about that. Let's jump into who you feel is better equipped for this round and why one team has probably got less of an advantage versus the other. Well, uh, you know, like we said, we did kind of speak on this and, you know, just kind of going through the playoffs and just kind of watching as much hockey, hockey as humanly possible. When you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning this this postseason, they've played the most uh, uh, overtime hockey, overtime playoff hockey, I should say. I think 12 games, um, they've gone into overtime. So they've played a lot of extra games, you know, under their belts, you know, which kind of you know, when you when you start getting into, you know, double overtime, triple overtime, you're talking about a whole second game. And you include that five overtime thriller that they have with Columbus, Jay. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're creeping up on three games. You know, you're going to play in one night, you know. So yeah. that, that, that kind of wears on you, you know, after a while. And I think, you know, with the rest of Dallas got, you know, Dallas has played a very tough, tough, strong uh, postseason two kind of going through. Um, you know, Colorado, who I think Colorado and Tampa Bay are very much similar uh, in the style and the skill set that they have on their rosters. And I think Dallas kind of holds the advantage um, because they know how to keep certain players in check. Uh, Victor Hedman, the defenseman for the, uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, has been uh, one of the key guys that has the puck a lot on his stick. Dallas is doing a great job, well, did a great job in game one of keeping that puck off his stick and not letting him you know, create uh, opportunities, putting shots on net and everything like he's used to doing. Because um, when you look at this back, when you look at the defenses for, for both Tampa and Dallas, this is probably the best two defensive teams um, in the league when it comes to producing points. Um, when you look at Tampa Bay, you have Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, uh, and, and so on and so forth. You have guys all over that could put the puck in the net. And then when you look at Dallas's young talent and, uh, you, you know, <clears throat> and some of the young core guys that they have, uh, Klingberg, uh, and so on and so forth, these guys are, you know, very, very scary, uh, you know, with the puck, uh, you know, at any point in time. You know, if you look at Dallas uh, in game one, they had uh, the, the one rookie, Kimu Ranta, um, who was uh, recommended by Yuri Lettinen, who was a part of the 1999 uh, Dallas Stars Cup winning team. Uh, he came, he signed on as an, un, uh, or an undrafted free agent. I think scored maybe two goals all season long, and he's got five uh, in the postseason, six in the postseason, including one game with a hat trick. So he's really kind of come up in the clutch uh, for Dallas too. But, you know, when you look at all the hockey Tampa Bay's played, you know, you wonder how – how much more do they have in the tank? You know, how, how much, you know, you're so close to the finish line when you're four wins away. That's all you need to do is just four wins away. And then it's, you know, then it's all said and done. Um, when you play as much extra hockey as Tampa Bay has done, you know, you wonder how much, how many more legs, um, you know, do these guys have? And 
with the team that Tampa Bay has, Tampa Bay is a very sc- scary team with Kucherov, Kalorn, uh, Hedman, and then you have a solid, excellent world-class goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, um, who's, you know, been great for uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and I don't even put that game one loss on him. He played out of his mind. Um, Dallas just got fortunate enough um, to get some pucks on the net and had some key guys, um, some some key guys that don't really score uh, score for them. So um, mm. when you look at Dallas's uh, Dallas's offense, they're stacked. Um, they're they're deep. And when Joe Pavelski signed with Dallas, he made two trips um, after he left San Jose. He he went to he went to Dallas to visit with the Stars, and he went to Tampa Bay to visit with the Lightning, and he chose Dallas. So. Joe Pavelski knows what he's doing right now, um, and with this, with the additions of Corey Perry, you still have Radulov, Sagan, Ben, uh, and, and company. These guys, you know, these guys are just playing phenomenal. And and the guy that's really kind of stealing the show, in my eyes, is Anton Hudobin, the Dallas Stars goaltender. Jay, I've I've seen a lot of goaltenders make some pretty pretty brilliant acrobatic, just off the wall saves, saves that just make you go holy bleep. You know what I'm saying? I, I love making mm-hmm. a save like that. Um, he's made so many key saves in so many key spots for the Stars. You know, 34-year-old guy who's a journeyman. You know, he's kind of been around the league a little bit, um, but he's just in his own right now, you know. And with the way Ben Bishop, uh, the, the, the Stars' number one, has been kind of playing and kind of feeling, you know, it's kind of hard not to roll with Anton Hudobin right now, who's just been – playing lights out. And, you know, I, I think that when you play as much hockey as you did with Tampa, you know, the, the, the mental aspects of the game can, can really kind of creep in and, and kind of create a quicksand. You know, when one thing doesn't go right, so you sink a little deeper, and then something else doesn't go, you know, go right. You sink a little bit further, you know, into the quicksand. So hopefully, you know, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning get it turned around um, here in game two and everything. But, uh, when you really look at it, this is probably one of the better matchups that you could probably get uh, for a Stanley Cup final. You have an offensive powerhouse in Tampa Bay, and you have a solid defensive team in Dallas. So um, this definitely has the potential to go to, to go seven games, Jay. Now, speaking of turning around, what does Tampa Bay need to focus on to uh, try to even the series up tonight? And then likewise, what do the Stars need to do to try to uh, – start hammering that nail in the coffin and go up two games? Well, you know, I think Tampa Bay, they just need to keep playing their game right now. They're getting some really good opportunities. That game one, um, they had a couple pucks go wide of the net uh, on some setup plays that, that could have really that could have really changed that game one for them. Um, I, I think they need to get a little bit more traffic in front of Hudobin because it seems like if Hudobin sees the puck, um, he's putting one of his pillows on it and just kicking it out and controlling the rebound too. Um, you know, you just got to keep continuing to, uh, you know, to take good shots. You have to work the center of the ice. You have to work that slot area when it comes to Dallas. Dallas is doing a very good job of keeping them to the outside. You know, you're getting a lot of one-and-done shots uh, when it comes to Tampa Bay sometimes, um, even though the the, uh, the Dallas Stars have been eating a lot of ice time in their own end. So, you know, you can play in your own end, but, you know, if you can't, if you don't give up, uh, you know, give up shots and you keep blocking shots, it's definitely going to be tough for Tampa Bay to crawl back into the series uh, to try and take a lead. So, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more traffic uh, in front of Hudobin a little bit. You know, let's try and get change some uh, some angles on some shots, get some deflections, you know, and see if you can get a lucky bounce because usually that's all it takes, Jay. You've seen in a couple games that you've watched there where, you know, it takes one bounce and you start going. And, and speaking mm-hmm. of the devil, the Tampa Bay Lightning just took a one nothing lead here. Um, I do believe on the power play, so they seem to be one for two on the power play this evening. So right now in game two, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning do have a one to nothing lead. So uh, that just that one just kind of scrolled by. It looks like Braden Point <laughs> from Nikita Kucherov. So the Lightning have a uh, one to nothing lead with 8:37 left to go in the first period. So you know, uh, it seems that you know Tampa Bay has not really kind of pulled off the uh, the uh, the uh, pulled their foot off the accelerator. They seem to be going forward and and trying to get forward. Right now, they're out shooting Dallas seven to two. So, and that's the big thing. If you're going to create chances, you have to create quality chances. So, I mean, you can only shoot so far. You know, so many times from the blue line. 
because um, if you you know the farther away you are, the the the, the longer the goaltender has to uh, adjust, square up, and make the save, and and react uh, accordingly. So, um, getting some traffic uh, and not taking stupid penalties. Uh, we did see uh, I did see a stupid penalty the other night. Patrick Maroon, uh, I think towards the end of the second period, took a slap shot uh, into the Stars bench and ended up getting a 10 minute misconduct for that. Um, so they got to just keep their heads. They got to keep their heads and not take stupid penalties. Stay out of the box. Get some guys in front of the net, and uh, you know rattle Hudobin a little bit. You got to get him off that pedestal um, that he's so high up on right now uh, with the way he's playing. And that way you can get back into the series and you know shift it, uh, you know shift the momentum towards uh, towards the Tampa Bay Lightning. Jay. Well, shift gears for a second. Uh, this has been a question. I know this is a question I at least asked last week, and I think I've asked more than one time. I'm talking about next season and, and games and details of possibly. I, I, I got into this article, but there's a schedule, 82 game schedule, and so I'm hoping we're getting closer to or have found out when we're going to start the season because usually we'd be starting. Um, versus ending the season and how they're going to play catch-up. So what details do we know at this point? Well, from what I've gathered, I did see and catch an interview uh, on TV and on the radio uh, during the uh, – during the uh, – uh, during I think the, during game one, uh, where right now it seems tentatively speaking on the calendar right now that they're aiming for def- – December 1st. Um, what really kind of upset me about Commissioner Bettman uh, was the fact that um, he wasn't too too concerned about next season. Um, he's focused on trying to get through this, uh, which kind of really discerns me, you know, concerns me a little bit, maybe thinking he doesn't really know what's next, what they're going to do. He doesn't know what the state of the COVID is going to be. He doesn't know what the state of the U.S. and Can- uh, Canadian borders uh, are going to be like right now. Um, you know, when you're trying to schedule an a, a, a 82-game season, you know, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be letting teams traveling uh, city to city? Uh, are you going to create some hub cities? He's nowhere even near um, from what I've gathered from the two interviews that I have saw with him and Commissioner Bill Daly. Um, and even watching Bill Daly's facial reactions uh, and facial expressions, I should say, um, during this interview kind of really concerned me too as well. Um, you know, it could be December 1st. They could be pushing it back later. Um, it just all kind of seems where we where the uh, where, where the United States and Canada sit on this whole uh, uh, COVID issue right now. Um, but, you know, as he said, um, you know, he is not really looking into that right now, which kind of, like I said, really kind of, dis- uh, you know, concerns me because we're creeping up on October and December's not too far away. Um, you know, we already know when the draft and the free agency is going to kick off. You know, I, what are these guys going to do for training camp? Um, you know, I, I do believe that there are some guys that are training right now, um, getting prepared for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the next upcoming season. So, um, really, nothing set in stone yet. They're just kind of rough guess that just rough estimation. They're aiming for December first, but I wouldn't really place my money. Um, on that date, um, given just by what I've gathered from Commissioner Bettman so far. Um, so to all my puckheads, please write letters to the NHL, vote me in, request me as your NHL commissioner, and we can get stuff like this taken care of in a timely manner um, where everybody's going to be satisfied and everything. That's that's my plea. Um, that's my pitch, and I'm sticking to it. But, you know, like I said, December 1st is what they're aiming for right now. Um, who knows when that's if that's really going to happen and everything? Given um, you know how short of a time frame um, everything's going to be on, but you know by the end of uh, or by the beginning of next week, we could we will have a Stanley Cup champion. Um, we could have a Stanley Cup champion by the end of uh, by by the weekend, depending on how things go. So um, you know I I think they're really kind of taking this one step at a time, which I really don't uh, kind of blame them you know, for wanting to do that. So, um, you know, it, it, December 1st is what we're going. So uh, we have another alert. It uh, looks like Tampa Bay has now taken a 2 nothing, uh lead on the Dallas Stars uh, with 538 left to go. Andre Palat scores his ninth of the playoffs. Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman with the assist. 
Um, so that's uh, two points for Hedman and Kucherov right now, two assists apiece for them. Uh, Braden Point with a goal and Andre Palat with a goal. So right now we are standing at 2 nothing, uh Tampa Bay Lightning in game two, Jay. Um, for those of us that are not um, – are not putt heads. <laughs> when does the season normally start? Well, right now is usually um, uh, usually right now we're we're in preseason. You know, we're in training camp okay. right now. You, you'd have so you inter, inter, so. Yeah, now is about the time where you'd start seeing uh, uh, you know a lot lot more regular roster uh, guys uh, starting to get back in because the season would actually be starting here in about two weeks. Uh, three weeks maybe uh, at the most and everything. So, you know, that's how far, uh, um, you know, that's how far behind we are right now, um, uh, you know, so far this year. So, um, you know, like I said, right now they're usually be the training camp would probably much would be, uh, would be over and they'd be in preseason right now, wrapping up the last two, three games that they would have uh, and getting ready uh you know, getting ready to hop into the regular season right now. Um, tonight, before the, uh, the the game two, they were supposed to announce uh, five remaining NHL awards. Um, did they get into that, and who got what? If they did, and uh, were they who you picked? Yeah, actually, uh, I actually didn't do too bad uh, this time around. Uh, this this time around. Uh, the Hart Trophy, which is the NHL MVP, excuse me, uh, goes to Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Dreisaitl led the league with 110 points with 43 goals, 67 assists. Uh, this year he was ranked first in points per game with 1.55, and he led the uh, league in power play points uh, uh, to his or uh, uh, assists and power play points with 44. So. Um, you know, he was first among forwards in ice time with just over 22 or just under 23 minutes, I should say, uh, and tied with uh, Posternock uh, with game-winning goals for 10 uh, on this season and was second in even strength uh, points with 66. Had 16 power uh, play goals this year and had 33 multi-point games, including uh, scoring at least one point in 56 of 71 games. So that's that was a, quite a season. Uh, for the uh, 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 for uh, for Drysaddle, uh, unfortunately, it didn't really pan out into uh, the playoffs and everything. As we all remember, they got bounced out in that play-in tournament. So, um, you know, you, you can see how well the Hart Trophy really does. That you know, it might be a little bit uh, kind of bittersweet for him. Uh, Cal McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche won the Calder Trophy as the NHL Rookie of the Year. Twenty uh, twenty-one-year-old defenseman uh, is the sixth player to win. Uh, the award and the Avalanche Quebec Nordiques history, uh, joining Peter Stastny, uh, Peter Forsberg, Chris Drury, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon. Gabriel Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon currently are the t- are his two teammates in uh, Colorado, so he's joined some pretty good company uh, this year. Uh, he led all NHL defensemen in uh, goals with 12, uh, power play goals and four. Uh, and 57 games uh, this season. Uh, he was in the second among uh, rookies in assists with 38, and and in points with 50. Um, you know, he had a pretty. He's, he, this is going to be an upcoming star. I I can foresee him winning uh, some Norris trophies as the um, as the best defenseman in the league uh, in, in years to come. So congratulations to uh, to Kale McCarr. Uh, when it comes, but in that in that race, uh, Quinn Hughes, uh, defenseman from Vancouver, came in second place. Uh, Dominic Kubelik uh, for Chicago forward, he had a pretty solid year for the for the Hawks. Um, he came in third. Adam Fox, uh, another up and coming young defenseman for the New York Rangers, in fourth. And Elvis uh, Mers Lincolns uh, finished fifth. Uh, the goaltender for your Columbus Blue Jackets, Jay. Uh, was in fifth place for that Calder uh, Trophy voting. So um, congratulations to all the finalists that made it, and congratulations to Kale McCarr. Uh, what a season uh, for him. The Vesna Trophy as the best goalie in the NHL, my, one of my personal favorites. Connor Hallibuck of the Winnipeg Jets won the Vesna Trophy as the best goaltender. Um, he finished second in the NHL this season with 31 wins, first in shutouts with six. 
Uh, he was in seventh place with save percentage, with just over 92%, uh, to, and it played at least 20 games. Uh, he was 31-21-5 and five with a 2.57 goals against average, uh, allowed two or, few, two or fewer goals in 32 of 58 games uh, this season, and helped the uh, uh, Jets get to the qualifiers where they were bounced out in that play-in tournament by the Calgary Flames. So uh, congratulations to him. Morris Trophy winner uh, goes to uh, the best defenseman in the NHL, Roman Yossi of the National Predators, um, one of the top elite defensemen um, in the league, actually had NHL career highs this season in goals and assists. They had 16 goals and 49 assists and 65 points in 69 games. Second, uh, second in the league among defensemen in each category. Uh, 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 this season too as well. Averaged just uh, under 26 minutes of ice time uh, and scored 23 power play points uh, and had 108 block shots. So that guy's a soldier. He can produce on the on the offensive side uh, and definitely produces on the back end too. He's a real good leader uh, for the uh, for the Preds, uh, replacing Shea Weber, who we all know a few years back was in that monumental uh, blockbuster P.K. Supan trade years ago. So congratulations to him. And then uh, the last one was the Ted Lindsay Award, which is actually the best uh, NHL player voted amongst the NHL players. Uh, the Ted Lindsay Award uh, this year uh, went to Leon Dreisaitl of the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Um, we obviously know why he was the MVP and won the Hart Trophy this year. So um, those were the uh, the last five remaining uh, awards that we had. The ones that we went over before, Lady Bing went to Nathan McKinnon. That's the most gentlemanly uh, hockey player. Uh, the Selkie Trophy, Sean Couturier. Uh, Bruce Cassidy won the Jack Adams Award as best coach. Lou Lamorello, General Manager of the Year. Mark Giordano, uh, the Mark Messier Leadership Award. Bobby Ryan, the Bill Masterson Trophy. Uh, Matt Dumba, the King Clancy Trophy. And Dampy uh, the Willie O'Ree Awards. So those were our NHL award uh, winners that we had uh, this year, Jay. And congratulations yeah, to all those guys. The first award, what was that again? Oh, the first award? That you've already discussed. The, the, Did I hear the most gentlemanly? Yeah, the Lady Bing. The Lady Bing Trophy, uh, which goes to the most gentlemanly player who uh, who, pl- who plays the season. How do you have a gentleman- this is hockey. How do you have a gentlemanly award? It, it, is, uh, <laughs> it does seem like an oxymoron, um, you know, but uh, there are uh, guys who win this award tend, tend to win it year in and year out. If you look at – if you remember Pavel Datsuk, um, he was, I think, a seven-time Lady Bing uh, Award winner – um, in the NHL, so um, you know there is a, there are guys that do uh, play the game, you know, by the books and by the rules, um, with no ill intent, um, that don't accumulate penalties that much, um, you know. So um, it, it's kind of cool to see, but yeah, you know, it is a it is a real thing. Uh, the lady <laughs> Bing is a, is a real thing, and uh, you know, it is it is kind of funny to uh, to kind of discuss with people sometimes. <laughs> I just the whole time I'm sitting there laughing like, did I hear that right? I'm waiting for you to finish. So I, I got to ask this. I don't know what's what's more unique, being a, being a recipient of lady anything in hockey, or the fact that it's the most gentlemanly award. Like I just I, I don't know. Just that's just something I wouldn't figure that, that in football. I just couldn't see that being a thing. But you know who knows. <laughs> um. I don't know if I had any more topics. Um, one, any updates on game two? And was there anything else we didn't cover that you wanted to jump into? Well, we just had another goal. The Tampa Bay Lightning now have a 3 nothing lead uh, with about a minute 10 left to go in the first period. Uh, it looks like Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning, netted the goal, assisted by Blake Coleman and uh, Andre Cicerelli with the assist. So that game is now at 3 nothing, uh, with a minute 11 left to go in the first period. Uh, game three is going to be on Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. This game is also going to be on NBCSN. And then game four is going to be on Friday 
at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Um, these games are all taking place at Rogers Place up in Edmonton right now. That's where the bubble. That's where the hub city is for the Stanley Cup uh, final. Um, so, like I said, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN, and then on Friday on NBC, also at 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we're going to have uh, Game Four. Um, game Five, if necessary, is also going to be on NBC at 8 p.m. Eastern time as well. And then Monday, if necessary, um, that's going to be Game Six. Uh, at 8 p.m. on NBC. So uh, NBC is going to be carrying the next couple games uh, throughout the weekend. So, um, you know, if you guys uh, don't find any exciting football or any kind of exciting basketball on, um, you know, tune in. Watch a Dallas team other than the Cowboys be successful and let's rub their faces in it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, speaking of Cowboys, I've listened to that game on the radio, Jay. Wow, what a what a what a way to end the game right there. The last couple of minutes, man, I was just uh, I had to hear it on the radio and everything like that. All these cowgirl fan cowboy fans, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, you know, kind of going off on the radio. But you know, like I said, if you guys are a Dallas Cowboy fan or anything Dallas fan, cheer for your stars. Um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, they haven't been to the Cup final in quite some time. Tampa Bay's been knocking on the door for what seems like a decade now. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a good series uh, kind of going on and everything. And uh, we're going to be uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, until, uh, until uh, you know, we could have a, depending on how everything comes out, we could have a sweep. But it doesn't look like it's going to be that way right now. So, because um, at the end of the first period, we are sitting at a 3 nothing, uh deficit for the Stars right now. So, you know, haven't really had anything else. No big trades or anything like that so far that have come across my radar yet. Um, but I do imagine that there are going to be some moves uh, being made here as we kind of creep along, um, you know, towards the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, kind of paying attention to that. Kind of paying attention to see who's popping up on the uh, on the old draft radar. Um, even though I really don't hold much stock in it, there are a couple guys that I think are going to come in next season and be able to make a roster right off rip and kind of really produce for some teams. <clears throat> and uh, I'm really looking for a big free agent splash here, like I said uh, in, a pa- in the past couple shows. Uh, a lot of goalie carouseling, uh, carousels are going to be going on uh, in the next couple weeks, Jay. So, um, you know, like I said, as soon as we uh, finish up here, I'm going to put on the old NBCSN real quick, uh, you know, grab my favorite beverage and watch the rest of the game too. And, you know, just kind of wait till, uh, till Wednesday and Friday and catch uh, games three and four. One more thing before we get on, when you, uh, you said NBC and not the SN, you kind of slowed down to make sure you said that right. When you did that, all I could think it was uh, the old uh, Howard Stern movie where he, W. NBC. NBC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you said it like that. Uh, but looking forward to sitting down with you next week and uh, see where we're at in the finals, if we are still playing or if this is uh, a, a long series. Uh, but looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, what all happens in this shortened off season in preparation for uh, that's only that's only a two two month turnaround when the plans are, and so that means things are going to happen way before that. So there's not going to be much of an off time before you're back in practicing preseason and everything else to have a, a December first season. So uh, this is going to be interesting. So looking looking forward to uh, updates on the uh, finals and uh, how this transitions into the next season. So. I'm looking forward to uh, next week. You enjoy your week, and I'm sure uh, we'll have many conversations in the uh, the group. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like I say, game tonight's on NBCSN. Uh, we're in the first intermission right now, so uh, tune in. Still got two more periods uh, of hockey to watch. And uh, until next Monday, guys, uh, I'm going to try and stay dry and safe uh, with all these storms that are huddled around Texas right now. So, Hopefully you guys are staying safe and staying healthy, and we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Yes, sir. You have a great night. Well, that was our uh, NHL expert, Izzo, as he joins us every Monday night, 8.30. One more breaking news thing before we get out of the studio. Denny Hamlin has confirmed that he is starting a race team with Michael Jordan as a as co-owner uh, with Bubba Wallace 
um, as the driver. So now we know the details or some of the details and where Bubba Wallace is going. Obviously, that's a full Hamlin out of, I can't see him driving for Joe Gibbs and having his own team with Michael Jordan. Um, but Jordan is now going to be part of NASCAR. Denny Hamlin, part of the ownership, and Bubba Wallace will be driving. Can't wait to hear the guys pop Thursday night, race chat live. Um, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank Izzo for joining us. Got to thank Carolina Sports Plus and more to music. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at 110 Nation. Like us on Facebook, 110 Nation Sports. Check out the site, www.the110nationsports.com for all the latest. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show with Mr. CJ Sports. You are a part of the 110 Nation, so be sure to visit the110nation.com for everything related to the show. You can follow CJ on Twitter at 110Nation and on Facebook at 110Nation Sports. Until next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.